Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Picture a young girl coming of age about 50 years ago in New York City. She was raised in a number of homes in foster care system and not really provided the kinds of tools that would allow one to connect with their culture and, and blood relatives and all of those things that one gets growing up. That young girl was me. And this is a story of how I was awakened to my culture. And it's also a story of my introduction to Kwanzaa. Growing up as a black child in the 50s and 60s, it was quite common to be completely unaware of our culture and our value and our contributions to civilization as a whole. In our schools and textbooks, there was nothing that would reference anything of any significance. We're basically systematically taught to reject and despise any and everything connected with the continent of Africa. Oh, with one exception, of course, and that was Tarzan. <laughs> After all, he was king of the jungle, or lord of the jungle, I think, and was quite fluent in animal talk. Again, in the schools and in textbooks, the only reference of African people in this continent was that of slavery, as though our story and our history began and ended with that. Even in the foster homes that I was raised in and in the churches and the schools again, um, there was no reference to the likes of Dr. King or Malcolm X or any of those social justice events that were happening right there in the heart of New York City. However, at age 18, I aged out of the foster care system and through my love of music and dance in particular, all of the performing and visual arts, I was led by the universe to this group of people, this community of people, who were heavily involved in all aspects of social justice, locally, nationally, and internationally. And so in socializing with these people, I began uh, protests with the Vietnam War. It was the Vietnam War era where we were protesting that. We were protesting American corporation involvement in supporting apartheid in South Africa. So all these kinds of social justice and, and justice, justice things that we were, we were involved with. Also during this time, as I began awakening to my culture, I began discovering the likes of Nikki Giovanni and John Coltrane and Kwame Nkrumah and the Panthers and 
folks from this country uh, of African descent and the continent, uh, historians and scholars and mathematicians and musicians and poets and scientists and philosophers and, oh my God, this huge awakening of all of this history and culture that I henceforth was not aware of but was now coming into understanding and accepting. During this time, there was also a number of groups and organizations holding various events, uh, both political and culture in nature, and I noticed that more and more people were beginning to wear their hair natural and uh, they were adopting African garments, not costumes, but garments and clothing, and beginning to shun their slave master names and taking on beautiful names from the Yoruba language and Arabic and Swahili, so many different languages, names with power and meaning and significance. There was also one such event that was more ceremonial in nature that uh, I was made aware of, and this, this event was Kwanzaa. And before attending this event, I was told that people were pretty much expected to dress in African garb uh, for this ceremony. And um, I visited a fabric shop and purchased some fabric and made a lapa, just a skirt, and a booba, blouse or a top, and a gele, a head wrap. Upon attending this event, I noticed that central to this event was a table. And on this table was a number of artifacts, were a number of artifacts, and each of the artifacts, we had a facilitator who would explain what these artifacts were and their symbolic significance. For instance, on the table was uh, Mkeka, it was a woven map, which is like the foundation upon all which things are built. There was the kanara or the candle holder that was symbolic holding the light, the knowledge. There was the mishuma asaba, the seven candles reflected above the, the seven principles of Kwanzaa, the nguzo saba. There were zawadi, gifts, and it's preference that we give gifts to pass on knowledge and so forth, and handmade things as opposed to running to the mall and purchasing, so there was the wadi. There were some ceremonial activities that would take place at, this, at Kwanzaa. One of them was um, the pouring of libation, the north, south, east, and west. And the pouring of libation was to honor those who have come before us, uh, ancestors, it could be family members who passed on, uh, historical figures, local, national, international, who have passed on, whose shoulders we stand upon. And so we pour that libation and we just say their names out, randomly calling out names. Again, it could be loved ones from your family, loved ones who passed on from your neighborhood and so forth. There was also the candle lighting ceremony. So there's a candle that's lit for each day. There are seven days of Kwanzaa beginning December 26th, and the last one would be January 1st. And each day has a particular significance, a principle 
For instance, day one is umoja, unity. Day two, kujichakulia, self-determination. Day three, ujima, collective work of responsibility. Day four, uh, ujama'a, cooperative economics. Day five, nia, purpose. Day six, kaumba, creativity. And day seven, imani, faith. So we have all of these principles, all of these cultural values that were laid out and referenced and talked about and celebrated during Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa is not established to replace Christmas or any other celebration during this seasonal time, nor is it a religious celebration. Spiritual, yes, because we're very spiritual people by nature. Religious, no. The language used, again, is in, in, in Kwanzaa is Swahili. It's one of over 2,000 languages and dialects spoken on the continent of Africa. Learning Swahili, these few words and phrases, for me, was a bit challenging, to say the least. And this is more than 40 years ago. But I felt that since children are taught, Children on the African continent are taught to speak and understand a number of African languages and dialects. I figured learning a few words and phrases here and there should be no big deal to me. Plus, plus, feeling those words, these new words, roll off my tongue as I'm dressed in African garb and I'm surrounded by people who were dressed and, and looking just fabulous and celebrating, and there's music and dance during the feast, the, the karamu. Uh, it was just an exciting, wonderful, and chanting almost uh, feel. I became part of this, and it became part of me. During this time of, of celebration, I understood, I began understanding over the years of celebrating Kwanzaa that these seven principles, the Nguzo Sabah, wasn't something to be shelved for 358 days and then taken off the shelf and dusted off, then talked about for those seven days. This was, these, these principles, unity and self-determination and collective work and responsibility and all of these other principles and values are something that can be applied to every aspect of life. I moved to Iowa well over 40 years ago and felt a little bit out of touch, a little cultural shock, little things like transportation. I learned the hard way that one cannot go to the corner and flag down a taxi cab. <laughs> also, things like turning on the radio and expecting to hear some R&B music or some jazz didn't happen. Okay. I did come across a group of people, though, here in Des Moines that were very familiar with Kwanzaa and had been celebrating it for a while. 
they were also very, very well versed in history and, and all sorts of things uh, with, with African American history here and uh, history across the ocean and social justice and all those kinds of things. And so we began socializing and celebrating Kwanzaa in our homes. There was one such year where we had, I think it was Channel 5, that actually came to my home and, and watched as my children and I and our community members celebrated Kwanzaa. And then they aired that on their news station. So awesome, so awesome. Again, I'm repeating that Kwanzaa is not meant to, to, to take the place of Christmas. My children grew up, we were just doing Kwanzaa. But then the grandchildren came along. <laughs> and guess what? Grandmother started putting up Christmas trees in the house and decorating the outside yard and so forth and so on. And I often wonder what my grown children think of that since they didn't have any of that growing up. My youngest child and my oldest child just got done helping me reassemble and decorate a tree, a Christmas tree, at, at Creative Visions a, little, a couple of days ago, a few days ago. And we're going to get together next week with family and so forth and celebrate Christmas, but we are also going to do a celebration for Kwanzaa in our community on the 27th, the second day of Kwanzaa, Kujichakulia. So we're going to do that. Kwanzaa has been quite enriching to my life. It has wakened up all sorts of things. Has it completely reconnected me to my blood relatives and taken away that feeling of disconnectedness? Not really. But celebrating Kwanzaa all of these years sure has helped. Thank you.